This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. At Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers, incredible offers, and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. of course is where do we go from here i mean the phillies after last night's amazing amazing win we'll be down in the ballpark tonight absolutely and um joanne chesimard has died i just received that uh news from my friends in the law enforcement community they much rather would have dealt with her on their own i'll remind you of that story of how she killed the new jersey state trooper years ago uh, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. You know, the um, the people out there who are justifying the brutality, savagery, and terrorist attacks by Hamas, as if this is some sort of a political issue regarding Israel and Palestine, are some of the sickest, most depravest people on the planet. They truly are. And I told you yesterday that I believe that the people in Hamas are fanatics. They are some of the most fanatical people uh, on the planet. And they want to see Jews dead. They want to see Christians dead. They want to see, uh, see infidel Muslims dead. They're calling for a day of jihad. These are, these are not people you reason with. These are not people that you can have breakfast with. These are not people that you can have a conversation with. All these phony college kids and all these campuses across the country with all their woke signs and their rainbows. Like, do they not understand that Hamas would kill all of them if they had the opportunity for espousing their pro-LGBTQ++ IA, every letter of the alphabet, uh, orthodoxy? Do they understand that Hamas does not believe that books called genderqueer should be in libraries like they've been fighting for? Do they understand that Hamas would not want to see uh, somebody who is uh, a man identifying as a woman, like they would behead that person? Or even just somebody who has adultery, for example. Do they not understand these things? Or do they just not care because it's the cause du jour and that's it? And it sounds like, oh, Hamas. Oh, oh, you mean the oppressed people of Palestine? No, we mean the vicious terrorists who are using the excuse of Israeli-Palestine politics to kill Jews because they want them wiped off the planet. And that's what's happening. And for anybody who says it's anything different, you're just an idiot. You're an idiot. You're, you're no different than the people who deny what the Nazis were doing in the 1940s. You're no different. The Nazis wanted to see the extermination of the Jewish people from the planet. They believed that. And they were inspired a lot. Adolf Hitler was inspired a lot by the beliefs of the people in the Middle East. 
at the time. But it wasn't, of course, until really the radicalization that occurred in the 1960s out of Egypt. Egypt, which, by the way, is now denying passage, safe passage for Palestinians. And the reason why is, and Qatar is doing the same thing, is because Qatar and Egypt want to see as many of their fellow Muslims killed as possible so they can blame it on Israel. Blame it on Israel and then say that Israel is responsible for the death of all these Arabs, all these Muslims. That's their goal. That's what they're trying to do right now. You know, yesterday we had a call from a couple of lunatic anti-Semites who called the show. One guy who called up and he goes, you know, I've been calling shows all across the country today. I said, well, that's interesting. So I have been on the air all across the country today, even though I should be. I think we all agree on that point. But he said, you know, you are advocating for the extermination of the Palestinian people. I said, I'm not. I've never at one point said that. I've never said that. I've never said exterminate anybody. But literally Hamas is calling for the extermination of the Jews. That's literally what they stand for. That's what they want. And you've got all these college kids on campuses, all these woke college kids out there who are out there with their 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 signs of solidarity with Palestine. So if you're a Palestinian right now and you're worried about being killed because the Hamas doesn't give a damn whether you live or die in their mind, you die in this. You're just you're going to Allah. You're going straight up to, you know, Allah. You're a cause of uh, of, of jihad. You're just a, you're a casualty and you'll be given your seat at the table with your. 72 virgins, which, by the way, to me, sounds like an awful lot of work. Uh, But anyway, uh, you'll be given that seat at the table. They don't care. So the average Palestinian right now is going, why? Why are they looping us with Hamas? But that's exactly what these people, these fanatics are doing. They're not they're not separating the two. They're not they're not they're not making a distinction. And the reason why is because the left does not know how to make distinctions. The left only knows how to generalize. They don't have the capacity because they're driven by emotion to separate things. And I've, no, I've noticed this about the left over the years, and I've, I've noticed this for a long time. It's very hard to have a rational conversation with them because everything gets lumped in by emotion and everything becomes about oppression and everything else. Like there was a Black Lives Matter meme that's out there of some of these Hamas terrorists with their parachutes parachuting in. And it says something like, you know, Black Lives Matter stands with you or something, something like that, you know, something along the lines of that. And they believe this crap. They really do. They believe this crap. They, they believe that this is what they, they need to do. They need to fight against the oppressors. Hamas is not there to fight against the oppressors. Understand something. And I said this on the show yesterday. If, t- if tomorrow Benjamin Netanyahu came out and said, I'll tell you what, you get 50% of Israel. Do you think Hamas stops? Do you think Hezbollah stops? Do you think Iran stops? No. They stop when there's not a single Jew left in the Middle East. And then they move on to making sure there's not a single Christian in the Middle East. Then they move on to making sure there's not a single uh, Arab in the Middle East, uh, Muslim in the Middle East who does not follow their version of Islam. And then they're done. Then they feel like they've done. They, they purified the Holy Land in Allah's name and Alu Akbar and all the other crap. And then, then they feel like they've, they're, they're finished with this. And until that time comes, they're going to kill everybody. They want to kill everybody. Today, I tweeted out something, a very, very wise point that was made by a great friend of mine named uh, Nick Gillespie on Twitter. He's a terrific guy, by the way. And he's a libertarian. 
You know, very often libertarians get accused of of um, strange things, you know, like. Like a libertarian would side with 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 the Palestinian cause or something like that. Or I think that uh, what he tweeted out this morning was so spot on. I actually sent him a note. I said, thank you for saying this. I, I really appreciate this. I'm going to share it with you right now. He's the uh, editor in chief of Reason.com. I'm increasingly frustrated by the whataboutism libertarian takes on the indefensible Hamas terrorism that seemingly deny Israel's unquestionable right to respond to war crimes committed within its own borders. If your first or second or third response to civilian deaths is to point out that not all the children were decapitated, you're doing it wrong. These takes tend to conflate questions of legitimate national self-defense on the part of a country and possible U.S. intervention that is often morally, strategically, and pragmatically suspect. A similar conflation was evident when Russia invaded Ukraine, with too many libertarians justifying Putin's war of choice as the inevitable result of U.S. foreign policy, impugning Ukrainians defending themselves or waving away solidarity with and empathy for the invaded as, quote, CIA talking points. Same with Taiwan and same with Hong Kong. But the righteousness of self-defense and American military involvement are totally separate matters. More than most nations, Israel is capable of defending itself and will do so with greater restraint than most countries would in similar circumstances. The U.S. should not become involved militarily even as we should offer humanitarian aid and assistance, including to Gazans suffering under Hamas's rule. We should not be the world's policemen. The past 20 years of our Foreign policy testified to that, but we should also and can play a role in minimizing conflict and suffering. <clears throat> Remember yesterday I had a phone call from somebody who said, we, I mean, we all know Iran's behind this, right? We, we, all, we all know that. I mean, there's no question. I think if you're an idiot at this point, if you think Iran has nothing to do with this. But it's very easy to sound like Lindsey Graham and go, well, and bomb Iran. Or John McCain, I think he used to sing that song, you know, bomb, 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 bomb Iran. It's very easy. To sit back here thousands of miles away when it's not your kid, not your son, not your daughter and go, yeah, bomb Iran, kill him, fight him. But of course, as I pointed out on the show, it's very complicated. As Victoria Coates pointed out, as Alan Dershowitz pointed out, it's very complicated because there's an axis between Iran, Russia, China, other nations as well. And it's not that easy to just say, let's just go bomb Iran. There's there, there's a there's a, a major complicating factor in this. At the very same time, you say that, then you're either accused of one of two things. The first being that you are somehow okay with what Hamas is doing because you don't want to bomb Iran. Start World War III. The second being that you are forgiving Israel for whatever Israel needs to do to defend itself. Now, of those two, only one of them is correct. Israel should be forgiven for doing whatever Israel needs to do to defend itself, period. Whatever Israel needs to do to defend itself, to push back, to exact justice and revenge against the people who've done this. And revenge, by the way, which is a very, very 
important theme in not only the Jewish faith, but also the Christian faith, but more so in the Old Testament, of course. There's great, there's great value in revenge, in my opinion, to society. Revenge acts as a deterrent. Revenge is also a cleanse. Like, I'm a big fan of revenge, actually. And maybe it's the Italian in me, but I am. And my friends who know me know this very, very well. I'm a big fan of revenge. In fact, I try to never forget the people that have crossed me in life. Never. I also believe in an old philosophy that I think it was my grandfather who told me once that said, revenge is a dish best served cold. But in this case, that dish is going to be served very, very hot. Israel needs to do whatever Israel has to do, and it should, by the way. That doesn't mean that you also then sign on to World War III. It doesn't mean that you also then sign on to the United States of America bombing Israel or bombing Iran and, and, and getting involved and then starting World War. It, 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 these are two separate issues. This is Gillespie's point. The other point that he makes, which I think is, is brilliant, which a lot of people can't seem to understand, and I think it's mostly these arrogant, elitist, white, privileged college kids who have never, ever in their lives had to deal with conflict of any kind. I mean, literally never. They've always had, they got a trophy. They got to pick the soccer team they were on. You know, their hardest conversation was whether or not at their sweet 16, they would have 300 people there or 350 people there. Uh, They're the same little spoiled brats right now that are going, well, but you have to understand the plight of the Palestinian people. This has nothing to do with that. But again, they don't understand that. Because they choose to look at stupid memes on social media and think that that's what this is about. And it's not. But people don't have the ability to separate things intellectually because most of the people on the left and also a lot of and I don't mean to say young people like as if I sound like an old man, but I'm saying people in academia, young people in college in particular, because a lot of that is driven by emotion. And they're still you know, at that point in their life where there's emotion, emotion, emotion. They don't quite understand the, the, the separation of the two. So you could, for example, be, be a passionate advocate of Palestine gaining more geography or Israeli-Palestine relations being more favorable to Palestine and still understand and acknowledge what this is, which is a brutal attack by Hamas, a savage terrorist attack by Islamist jihadists who are intent on murdering every Jew on the face of the earth, and also any Muslim who gets in their way as collateral damage, the Christians next, and then all the infidel Muslims who don't subscribe to their brand of Muslim, uh, their, their, their version of Islam. But they don't have the ability to do that. They, so they wind up saying stupid things, very stupid things that, that mean nothing. That you can't you can't back up with any sort of sense of rationality whatsoever. And we find ourselves embroiled in conflicts like this. I hope Israel does whatever the hell Israel needs to do. And if that means that they don't leave a single body behind that's a Hamas person, I'm fine with it. You attack a country, the country should exact revenge. You know, when you think about the concept of force, and this is something I talk about all the time. When you think about the concept of force, I've long said the United States of America, and, and this is why the border makes me so angry because it's wide open and it's a national security threat. The United States of America has every right, a moral obligation to its people to defend its people 
No matter what the no matter what, no, it doesn't matter. You, you, whatever we have to do to defend our country, we have to do it. Period. Full stop. As idiot Governor King Philip the Unaccountable would say, and meathead Rob Reiner would say, that's it. My problem is when the United States of America seeks to become the world police. You know, you dial nine one one, we we rush to go intervene, and I understand that then becomes strategic policy debates about prevention, and then obviously there's offshoots of that about blowback, and these become comp- complicated political questions. So I always go back to the rule book, the Constitution, and think about what the founders thought and what the founders wanted, and you know their opinion was the United States of America should do whatever it needs to do to protect itself, and then stay out of these foreign affairs and foreign matters. Israel is much more complicated at this point, as is the entire Middle East, because of decades and decades and decades of us being broiled in this and also because of the world's most vital resource being oil right there and an administration willing to make oil in our country a priority. So we're there and we have an obligation to defend our friend or defend our friend Israel. But at the same time, you can say that. And then also say, but we should then not also start World War III with Iran. However, then you next, the next thing that needs to come out of your mouth is, but if Israel finds out proof that Iran is behind this, and Israel wants to do what Israel feels it needs to do, then Israel needs to do what it needs to do. And we don't have the right to tell them they shouldn't or that they can't. Because, again, another concept of whether you want to call it libertarianism or, you know, you believe in national sovereignty or you believe in, in natural law, natural rights, whatever, is that we don't we in the United States don't get to tell other countries what to do. So we don't get to tell Israel, sorry, it, you found out Iran's behind this. You can't do anything about it. We don't get the op- we don't we don't get to say that. If I'm Benjamin Netanyahu and I find out that Iran was behind this, which I absolutely believe that Iran was, the only question for Israel is, what are we going to do about it? How do we make sure this doesn't happen again? How do we make sure that there's not another attempt to exterminate the Jewish people from the face of the earth? Because that's what Hamas wants to do. Somebody made a great point today on Twitter. They said, you know, the difference between the Nazis and Hamas is that the Nazis knew that exterminating Jews was wrong, so they did it in private. They built these camps. They built these massive structures that housed thousands and thousands of people. And they gassed them, they hid the bodies, they buried the bodies. And um, Hamas doesn't even try to pretend that slaughtering Jews is wrong. They do it in, per- they, in public. They want, people, they want the world to see. They put it on social media. They go, look, world, we're slaughtering Jews. We want everybody to see what we're doing here. So, you know, when you equate the two, Nazis and Hamas, understand that distinction as well. The Nazis knew that the extermination of the Jewish people was something that was not palatable around the world political table. B was something that was very morally repugnant. They wanted to do it anyway. So they devised this strategy to do it in secret telling people that they were coming on trains to go to work camps and work shall set you free. And they exterminated them. They tried to exterminate an entire population. Hamas doesn't try to do any of that facade. They just want to kill Jews and let the world see them kill Jews and go, oh, by the way, we're slaughtering Jews. And Christians, you're next. And Muslim infidels, you're next after that. So you see, it's hard to equate the two, again, for that purpose as well. You're dealing with savages here. And the only way to deal with savages is to just 
defeat them. I mean, part of, I think, being a rational adult is understanding human nature. You can be a child. You can pretend. It's like, you know, I always, I always say about the third party thing in American politics, right? You know, I'm not going to come on the air and pretend to you like Robert F. Kennedy has a chance of becoming president. I have a better chance of becoming president. I do, because we both have no chance. So if you have zero chance, then zero is the same chance as zero. So it's just, I have the same chance, which is, might be a better chance, a flip of a coin. Uh, and I could sit here and tell you that I wish a third-party candidate could win. I always tell you I wish I could get my daughter a unicorn. She'd love one. Love to get pizza every day and get fat. You know what I mean? But I know reality, and I also know that you can't rationalize with people who are driven by a religious philosophy that is thousands of years old. I said this during the fight with Al-Qaeda. There's no way to rationalize with these people. A lot of wars are driven by, well, they're driven by money. You know, you, you, you could look at the Treaty of Versailles, for example, as what launched the conditions in Germany, which led to the rise of the Nazi party. The crippling effects of the Treaty of Versailles, leaving Germany just completely economically wiped out. It doesn't justify the rise of the Nazis, but it's how the Nazis could acquire power by convincing people that they could bring them a better economic light. You could, you could rationalize the, uh, the Japanese attack on America as uh, foreign policy issues that led to Iran being deployed of, or excuse me, Japan being deployed of natural resources and oil. But those are, those are economic and or natural resource questions that motivate armies into war. And I'm not looking to say whether they were good or bad. I'm pointing out the motivations behind them. I think we all know they were bad. We're the winners. We know they were bad. But you're dealing with people here who are motivated by something much different. You're dealing with people that are motivated by what they believe is Allah's will. How the hell do you sit down with somebody and explain to them, you know what, we can work this out. Like if a, co- if a country feels that they need to go to war over oil or a country feels like they need to go to war over mining rights or they feel they got a bad deal over a, a world treaty and they're economically screwed. I mean, that's stuff you can work out over a table in a conference room with water and snacks and know, those, you know, those cracker things that are, I don't know if they're cookies or crackers. You know that it, the ones I'm talking about. I can never tell the difference. Are they cookies or the crackers? But you can't sit down with those religious fanatics and have that conversation with them because they want to behead you. Because you're an infidel trying to convince them that Allah is wrong and their, and their prophet is wrong. These are, you cannot reason with people like that. You just fight them. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's no other way to say it. You just have to fight them. And you have to contain them. Otherwise, you're going to wind up fighting them. And when they spill over because they decide to spill over because you haven't contained them enough, either through whatever geopolitical ways you can, to some degree that you probably can't anyway, or because you killed them all, they're going to come at you. I mean, history teaches us that. Their whole philosophy is we're not in a rush. We've been doing this thousands of years. We'll do this thousands of more. We're here to die for Allah and to spill. Spill the blood of the martyrs and to make sure that the Jews are dead, the Christians are dead, the infidels are dead, the Muslims are dead. Hey, you know, pass the lemonade. Let's see if we can hash this out. You can't have a reasonable conversation with people like that. These these college kids with their emotional drive don't understand that. 
Because to them, it's about whatever cause. And they always are taught that some group out there is oppressed. What's the oppression of the Islamic world? They are, they, 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 there's, the, the, I believe the highest population in the world are Muslims. What's the oppression, actually? They have some of the richest countries in the world. Many of them have lifestyles far better than I could ever imagine to have them. What, where's the oppression? But they've got it in their mind. They've this this fairy tale of Israel and Palestine and then therefore Hamas being these brave freedom fighters. And so these vicious, savage terrorists who would likely love, I mean, they'd love to come to Bryn Mawr and kill all the women in the LGBTQ book night club that they're having tonight. I assume they're having it tonight. I think they have it every night. They'd love it. They'd love nothing more. All the infidels at the club, at their various diversity, equity, and inclusion clubs, all the people that drive around with the coexist bumper stickers, they'd be the first ones that Hamas would love to behead. But yet somehow now they're the martyrs in this? They're the victors in this? Like, really? So, as the Jewish people have had to deal with now all of this consternation against them this this attempt to eradicate and exterminate their population going back to writings from adolf hitler that were inspired by a lot of the thinking of the early leaders in the muslim world and then ultimately what the nazis policy was to now where you have these religious fanatics who believe that we're going to exterminate them in plain sight for the world to see and do it in a very very public matter And now you're Benjamin Netanyahu. Now your people are there. What the hell are you supposed to do? You have an obligation. You have a political and humanitarian obligation to fight for your country and for your country, men and women, and to defend them and to eradicate the enemy. You didn't ask for this fight. But if somebody attacked us, would we respond any differently? Of course not. So I think Nick Gillespie's point is excellent about moral relativism, because I I think that if you look at it as people who are going on and somehow and, and 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 I've seen so much of this, you know, justifying that because of the political problems between Palestine and Israel, that the actions of Hamas are somehow okay or somehow can be justified or rationalized or anything else. And let's leave aside for a moment the tactics that Hamas is using, because there's a lot of news about that. Some of it's fake, some of it's real. So let's leave that aside for a moment. In my mind, we shouldn't be having a debate, as Nick Gillespie points out, about whether or not they're killing babies. That's not the point. If, you, if, that's your, if your point on social media is, well, there's really no proof Hamas is killing babies, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. That's not the point. The point is they're killing people. They're killing innocent people. Whether the stories of them ripping fetuses out of their mothers turns out to be true or not, you know they're killing people. You know they're killing innocent people. You know these are savage acts. You know these are brutal acts. You know these are acts specifically done because of people's faith. They're targeting Jews because they are Jewish. They're targeting Jews not in some way to try to gain more real estate. This is not a real estate battle. This is not a real estate battle to expand Palestine's boundaries. This is to kill Jews because that's what Hamas believes. It's what Iran believes. And then to turn around and to equate this as some sort of a fight for freedom points out the problem with academia in general, too. Because we have kids on colleges who are brainwashed into believing this stuff. And then, then they get into corporate America and they believe this crap. Then they run for office and they believe this crap. 
Then they wind up becoming Democrat members of Congress and believe this crap. And then they wind up espousing this stuff and being unwilling to condemn it when they're approaching the halls of Congress like that racist anti-Semite Rashida Tlaib or Ilan Omar. And because we live in a stupid time, maybe the dumbest time ever, where everything has to come down to either column A or column B, so then it's either you are pro-Israel, which means pro-World War III and the destruction of Iran, or you are pro-Hamas and uh, pro-Palestine and justifying Hamas and their tactics because of the way the Israelis have treated Palestine. Do you understand why people get so frustrated and just tune out from all of this and say, you know, there's nuance here in all of this, but there's also something fundamentally called right and wrong. And what's right and wrong in the world is that when people act as savage terrorists in the name of religion and kill innocent people because of their religion, if the world can't say that that's wrong, If the world can't say that people who are looking to eradicate people because of their religion is wrong, we've got a problem. But how long have we been doing this? How long have we justified the Chinese treatment of the Uyghurs? How long have we watched as corporations use the slave Muslim Uyghurs to make their their crappy shoes and their crappy shirts and their crappy Disney movies? How long have we turned a blind eye to China's human rights abuses? How long have we turned a blind eye and thought this was okay? China, Iran, and Russia have forged an alliance. China and Iran are on the same page with their human rights record. But you've got American corporations in this country, the most woke corporations in the country, turning around and going, ah, the Uyghurs, screw them. So I hope Israel does whatever the hell Israel needs to do to exact revenge and get revenge, and it deserves revenge. Revenge is cathartic. Someone once said a stupid saying to me one time. They said, um, those who seek revenge should seek two graves or seek to, should dig two graves. I said, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Revenge is cathartic. Society benefits from revenge, in my opinion. People do evil and then evil is punished. And when evil is punished, that is revenge. And revenge is a good thing because it tells society there's hope. Evils committed, atrocities are committed, and then society exacts justice. If the word revenge is too harsh for you, then use the word justice. I'm fine with that too. But make no mistake about it. Justice needs to be served here. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. 
Oh, and Bob Menendez got uh, another slap today. Beautiful, beautiful thing. So it's a big day today. It is Thursday, of course. The final Phillies game tonight. 8.07 is the pitch. We will check in with our buddies down at the ballpark in a short period of time. And, yes, uh, tell you what, too. There is a whole thing. I don't know about you if you know about this or not. There's a whole thing going on regarding uh, local campuses in our region who are hosting these pro-Palestinian events. Amazing stuff, right? Well, we'll talk about all that as well. But Bob Menendez, let's get right into it with Senator Bob Menendez, shall we? Senator Bob Menendez has been charged with another crime. This time, the New Jersey senator charged with conspiracy to act as a foreign agent in a new indictment. Federal prosecutors on Thursday announced an additional charge against New Jersey Democratic Senator Bob Menendez and his wife alleging they conspired to have the senator act as a foreign agent of Egypt. The superseding indictment filed against Menendez, who was chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee at the time of the alleged actions, adds a new dimension to the case by alleging a U.S. senator was working on behalf of another country. Menendez and his wife, Nadine Arslanian Menendez, that's the woman who killed the guy with her car and then walked away from the scene, if you remember that. The cops got her off the hook. Were indicted last month on corruption-related offenses and are accused of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes in exchange for the senator's influence. Now, prosecutors had alleged the bribes included gold, cash, home mortgage payments, compensated for a low- or no-show job, and a luxury vehicle. Both Menendez and his wife have pleaded not guilty. A trial date has been set for May. Menendez has refused calls from his fellow Democrats to resign, but has not said if he will run for re-election next year. The new charge carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Menendez and his wife are now facing as much as 50 years in prison if convicted. According to the alleged scheme, Menendez met with an Egyptian intelligence official at his Senate office in 2019, along with his wife and New Jersey businessman, Whale Hanna, where they discussed a human rights issue involving Egypt and a U.S. citizen injured in an airstrike in 2015. Certain members of Congress believed Egypt had not provided fair compensation to the American injured in the attack, causing them to object to provide military aid to Egypt. Now, I want to just jump out of something real quick regarding Egypt and bring something up regarding Egypt. Okay. And here's this. And here's the issue. All right. Here's the issue about this. Here's the issue with regards to the whole thing with Egypt. Here we go. Ready? Senator Bob Menendez allowed Egypt to get away with all kinds of human rights violations. All kinds of human rights violations, as you can imagine. And um, now Egypt, at this moment in time, right now, is refusing to open the Rafiah Pass to allow the civilian population in Hamas to leave the Gaza Strip. Not a few thousand at a time, but tens of thousands. But Egypt is blocking them from leaving. Now, remember something as I, as I share with you. This is tweets from Mark Levin. Uh, corruption has a price. There's always a price to pay for corruption. Always. Nobody gets a free pass. Always a price to pay. The Biden administration is aware of this, but is not effectively pressuring Egypt to open the pass. All the talk about wanting to avoid civilian casualties, but no one, not the Biden administration, 
Republicans in Congress or the media are focusing on or pressuring Egypt. Also, Qatar is playing a disgusting two-faced game. Qatar pretends to be U.S. friendly and has significant assets in our country, but all of Hamas's top leaders are living in luxury in Qatar. They are protected by Qatar, and Qatar provides significant funds to Hamas. Enough with this disgraceful fan dance, Mark writes. Qatar should be pressured to tell Hamas to release all hostages now. And should be told to remove the Hamas leaders from their hotels and extradite them to our country for the kidnapping and murder of American citizens. Well, let's dive into Egypt for a moment. So Bob Menendez is chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for years. And um, in, in that point, you had other members of his own party, as a matter of fact, actually trying to tie Egyptian aid to their human rights record. But Menendez, covering for, their, for them, because he's making money off of this, makes all that go away. So the United States of America is giving Egypt aid regardless of their horrific human rights record. Is there a correlation here? Certainly seems like there could be, at least. I told you corruption always has a price, right? Let's go back to the Bob Menendez thing for a moment. Bob Menendez is making money off of Egypt because he has his buddy who does halal food certification. Hey, is this thing really halal? Yeah. The guy says it. Yeah, it is. He becomes the the only, the one and only guy in all of Egypt who certifies food as halal meaning that it is okay for the Muslim people in Egypt to eat. Guy's never had experience doing this in his whole life. Never. Not one time. Suddenly now, he gets the Egyptian contract. At the same time, he's given all kinds of money to Bob Menendez, his wife, gifts, gold bars, money, all kinds of stuff, right? Okay. In 2020, prosecutors alleged that Nadine Menendez texted one of the Egyptian officials, anytime you need anything, you have my number and we will make everything happen. A few days later, she arranged a meeting between the Egyptian officials and the senator to discuss negotiations between Egypt, Sudan, and Ethiopia. Over a dam, Ethiopia was constructing on the Nile River. The dam's construction was a key foreign policy concern of Egypt, according to prosecutors. Within a month, prosecutors alleged Menendez wrote a letter to the U.S. Treasury Secretary and Secretary of State to express my concern about the stall negotiations over the dam. Prosecutors alleged Menendez knew about the foreign agent law. It is illegal for a member of Congress or any public official to act as a foreign agent. Prosecutors alleged Nadine Menendez and Hanna failed to register as agents working on behalf of Egypt and conspired to have Menendez act on behalf of Egypt. In May of 2022, Senator Bob Menendez sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland to follow up on an earlier request to prosecutors to open the investigation into the former lawmaker David Rivera, alleging he had worked on behalf of a Venezuelan state-owned oil company. Hanna's attorney, Lawrence Lutzberg, rejected the new allegations. The new allegation that while Hanna was part of a plot concocted over dinner to enlist Senator Menendez as an agent of the Egyptian government is as absurd as is, is, is false. Blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is this. Bob Menendez had a chance as the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to join with Democrats and Republicans to hold Egypt accountable for their human rights record. United States of America is giving them billions of dollars a year, and we turned around to Egypt and said, all right, listen, if you're going to get this money, you got to start treating people nice, including Jews. And Bob Menendez said, don't worry about it. All I care about is that my buddy gets the halal contract and I get the kickbacks. 
Now, flash forward to where we are today, and Egypt is playing these geopolitical games right now, not allowing people in Gaza to pass through. People to leave the Gaza Strip, including Palestinians. Because Egypt wants Israel to look like the bad guy killing as many Muslims as possible. Would Egypt have been a better player at the world table of uh, adult kids, adult people, if maybe Menendez had actually put the fear of God into them that they might lose the billions of dollars in foreign aid? We'll never know. But what we do know is that Menendez, for his own self-interest, didn't give a damn about Egypt's foreign human rights record. He just cared about lining his own pockets, literally lining them and then stitching them after he shoved hundreds of thousands of dollars in them. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Corruption always has a price beyond just the people that make the money. Dr. Mike Venary is a great guy. He is the man. You know, it's always reassuring to count on the level of care, commitment to excellence, and the comforting staff at Venaria Dental. Dr. Mike has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. Delivering results that surpass expectations has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. And patients travel from all over for his expertise in dental implants. Florida, the Carolinas, California... And you know my entire family trusts Dr. Venaria, Bridget, Reagan, Claire, and Patrick, as well as Mama Zioli and my father. He has two locations to serve you right over the bridge in Cinnaminson and Woodbury. So schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. And remember, his Veterans Breakfast is coming up this year on Veterans Day. That's right, Saturday, November 11th, also Patrick's birthday. It'll be at a Cinnaminson office, 1630 Riverton Road in Cinnaminson. And it's going to be a great time. We'll salute our veterans. We'll thank them for their service. And we will also have a great time together. Camaraderie, salute the flag. And if you need a great smile, Dr. Mike Venaria is the man for you to reach out to today. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, my buddy, my friend, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. Yeah, so the Menendez thing, you know, I just, it really it burns me. It burns me. This guy's lying in his pockets. This guy is looking the other way on Egyptian corruption. This guy's looking the other way on Egypt, Egypt's uh, horrific uh, human rights record and lining his pockets, literally lining them and stitching them shut. What a scumbag. I mean, absolute scumbag Bob Menendez is. And there's a reason why they want to get rid of the guy, obviously. No doubt about it. You know why? He spoke out against the Iran nuclear deal. Isn't it amazing how all these things come together? I'm telling you, it is amazing how all these things come together. So think about it, right? If you're playing along at the Zioli Show home game, let's, let's back up a little bit. Barack Obama, who's still president, by the way, uh, Barack Obama decides, all right, we're going to help Iran enrich a nuclear weapon. We're going to help Iran with their nuclear enrichment program. Now, look, it's one thing, you know, for the libertarians in the audience to go, well, every country has a right to do it. It's one thing to let countries do what they want to do and another thing to help them do it. Barack Obama turned around and said, we're going to help Iran enrich uranium. OK, and uh, we're going to help them do that. Bob Menendez came out and said, no, we should not do that. We shouldn't do that. And Bob Menendez also criticized Barack Obama for giving them $1.7 billion 
dollars in aid. And right after that, Bob Menendez gets investigated the first time around for helping his buddy, Dr. Samuel Melgen, get all this uh, Medicare cheddar cheese. You know what I mean? Then, years later, President Obama decides to give Iran $6 billion in this uh, Fugazi prisoner release with the idea being, well, it's really their money. We're just unfreezing it. And again, Bob Menendez objects. And Bob Menendez is investigated and, and he's charged the second time. Now, believe me, as I've often said to you, multiple things can be true at the same time. Menendez is guilty. As the day is long, the guy is friggin' guilty. But everybody's known he's guilty. So it's the timing of the indictments that should make you say, hmm? You know what I mean? It's not the fact that he's indicted. It's not the fact that he's, he's, he's being charged. It's not the fact that he's guilty. It's the fact that you go, now? Wait, wait, wait now is when they go after him? They've had this stuff on the guy for years, for years. But he criticizes Obama's foreign policy on Iran, and then they suddenly go after the guy. So these things are not accidents. And at the same time, he forgives Egypt's horrific human rights record. Now Egypt is helping Iran. And all these things come together. And very few hosts out there have the capacity to bring it all together for you like I do. And that's why you listen to the show. Because, and I don't say that to brag, I say that, well, sort of to brag, but I really say that mostly so you know you're not wasting your time. You are in a good place, your time is valuable, and I want to make sure that you use it wisely. Absolutely. 855-839-1210, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. But let's switch to the economy, shall we? Because the economy is a big issue going on. We are paying a big price, not just for this war, but also at the pump and inflation, it's still there. We'll talk to our buddy, Dr. E.J. Antoni, about it. And a little bit later in the show today, we'll check in with our buddies at the ballpark. Are the Phillies going to bring it home tonight? You're damn right they are. Because I got a feeling that the Phillies tonight are going to get it done. The energy, the crowd, the enthusiasm, unreal. We'll be right back. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 